G'day folks and welcome to another episode of the Club Rugby Collective, your All Sports Physiotherapy Hospital Challenge Cup podcast. My name is Brendan Saucertel from Queensland Rugby and joining me as always is my good pal, Jay Boy. How are we? Good as gold, Saucer Boy. How you doing, brother? Mate, it's finals week. Couldn't be better. Mate, yeah, I'm so pumped for it. It's going to be absolutely red hot. Well, mate, we've got a couple of action-packed games ahead of us. And usually we go back-to-back on a Sunday with two Prengrade games, but we're spread out this weekend with the major semis at Ballymore on Sunday. Oh, Saturday, I should say, sorry, and the minor semifinals on the Sunday. So we'll see the mighty East Tigers, our minor premiers, take on UQ on Saturday, followed by Bond versus GPS on Sunday. The lower-grade matches will be played at Sunnybank this week, third-grade down due to COVID restrictions. But... We will get to a bit more details around finals. But before we do that, let's take a little look back at round 11. And to begin with, we had two matches. It didn't count for finals, but we saw a couple of teams finish on a high. Um, Jay, mate, your doggies hosting Souths. But unfortunately, mate, it was the Magpies that claimed the Alec Evans Cup, mate. Yeah. Um, I said to Chips Lance just yesterday, I was like, that is just the most doggies loss ever. It was just... That was just old school dogs, right? You know, like uh, they they are and they very much should be very disappointed with not only that loss, but I think their season, there was so much more promise um, that they showed early on. Um, and I really don't think they delivered as much as they would have liked. So, yeah, I mean, credit to South. They were able to snatch that one right at the death there, which is absolutely fantastic for them. And in the process, they ended up second last, which it got them off the bottom of the ladder, which me included, you know, there was a lot of people that would have said they would have become, they would have become a dirt last. So credit to them. Great work by them to be able to come away with two wins in a season where they are well and truly rebuilding. But um, yeah, I think the doggies... They they uh they they're very disappointed. Well, mate, it's probably a good thing for those young South guys, mate, to finish on a high and um, sort of walk away with a bit of silverware. It's definitely a positive for the Magpies group, and I think in years to come we're going to see them um, definitely finish in the much higher up on the ladder than what they have this year. I think there's there's a good young crew there that if they can stick together, mate. There's something that can come of it. It's just going to take some time. Mate, the other match, um, Sunnybank, they have been on narrow lidging margins for the vast majority of the season, but they got a win in the bag to finish the season, 36-33 over North of Hugh Courtney, mate. Um, just reward, mate, for uh, what's been a bit of a battle of the season for the Dragons. Yeah, Tom Lucas absolutely nailing it from the sideline. Unfortunately, it was Chapo who gave away the penalty, but um, yeah, look, that's... That's a good reward for a side that um, that really, you know, uh, really showed the competition that they're not um, as far gone as, as a lot of people were anticipating. I was expecting them to be um, well and truly off the pace, uh, considering, you know, the, the whole restructure they're doing there. At Old Mac, but um, no, they're they're a great side. If only they can get their depth firing. Once they get that depth firing, they'll be good as gold. But you know, like two wins for the Dragons this year, when really, I mean, they they could have had you know four or five very easy wins and could have been pushing for finals when you really think about it that way. So um, yeah, look, I, I think that's that's great for them. But I think the Eagles, mate, like. They're... This has been such a disappointing season for the Eagles. It's been so disappointing. They um not like they've they've been struggling for a while now, but this year they had all the makings to be a good side, a good mid range, a mid table side. Um, and they they cooked it. They absolutely blew it. And one win from this season is just not good enough. I think they were pretty unfortunate this year with injuries. They're not necessarily a club that's got the depth to cover for a lot of good names being out and to to lose the likes of Geordie Luke and Connor Chinton before the end of the season. I mean, Geordie Luke's come back with these last two games, then have Chapo out injured. That's the three key guys in the back line gone. Um, then, you know, 
credit to him. Jacob Prideau had a much better season than what we've seen from him in years gone by at fly half, but then he was injured. Um, big South African front rower, massive wraps on him. He got injured. Um, and as we've said, it's like just not a, yeah, yeah. There's just not a the depth at Northeast to then cover for that many injuries at that level. But I think um, you know, they, they still what, have they still have a good side. They're a side that hasn't had second rowers for years. They're a side that have been playing players out of position. They're a side that have literally only had Connor Chittenden and Chapo for a very good period. And this year, you know, their back line was still red hot. They recruited well. They had they still had a balanced forward pack. They still had attacking weapons across the board. I think I think saying that injuries played a toll is an absolute cop-out. That side is much better than a side that only picks up one win this season. I think it's an absolute cop-out to say that injuries played a part. It played a part, but I think they had more talent in that side this season, even without Chapo for the majority of it, than they've had in a very long time. So to say that you know, they only jagged one win because of injury is an absolute cop out, in my opinion. Nothing against you, just saying that. <laughs> well, I won't take it personally, but you've also got to take it into account that in an 11-round season with only nine rounds coming towards finals, a situation like that where you do have that many injuries, you don't necessarily have the chance to write to write the, the scenario. So, you know, I think they started to get guys back. But they're a way weeks, better side. Hasn't. They're a way better side than a one-win side. Way better. They should have beaten Patty. South. They should have beaten Sunnybank. They should have beaten a couple of sides this season, and I don't think they, they capitalised when they should have. Well, well, we'll park Norths there for a second. I think the key for the Dragons is going to be recruitment over the next period. They've only got one team in finals, and that's their women's team who've snuck into fourth spot um, after being the reigning premiers for five, six years. Um, and there's, they've relied on a lot of old dogs coming back, with the likes of Rex Tapawai, Digby Iwanis, and some of that coming back to offer some punch in the back line. So um, no doubt Sione, uh, Fuka head coach will be all over it, but they've got to get some guys in, whether that's at a Colts level or at the senior level to help bolster the ranks. So hopefully they do that and we see them improve in the off season, but we'll move on to the two matches, uh, that counted towards what the makeup of the top four was going to be brothers V East bond versus UQ. We spoke about all the different permutations that could have come from the results last week. We saw the Tigers get up 15-13 and we saw the Bull Sharks secure a pretty convincing 48-28 win over UQ. I'm going to point this out, Jay. I called this last week. I said Brothers East was going to be a narrow one with East just getting you up. Called it. And I said and I said Bond were going to get, get the chocolates down, down at Shark Park. Rugged. You're some sort of uh, soothsayer or whatever it may be. Nostradamus type operator there, saucy boy. Well, I usually You're leave done, it up mate. to you to make predictions, mate, so I can uh, stay out of yeah. the firing line. But, yeah. uh, so I look like an idiot, uh, like well. saying Jeeps aren't playing finals. But um, but no, mate, look, that that Bond game was awesome. Like they they put they put fifty points on the reigning premiers a week before the finals, a side that was in top spot. Like, mm. that is no mean feat, you know. And, and UQ, yeah, granted, they were resting a couple of players, but it's not like they brought in slouches. They replaced them with guys like Connor Mitchell and co. So mm-hmm. they weren't bringing on bludgers to replace, you know, superstars. So, well, they had Jock mate, that right well. there is the performance. But that's it, right? And, like, that's the performance right there that not only Bond needed going into finals, but uh, by way of obviously to play finals, but also just to say, um, like, they are not going to be an easy beat come finals. They they could go so deep. They, they could go all the way if they really um, keep playing this unbelievable attacking footy. So, uh, look, I don't, I don't think Hino is going to be too disappointed. Obviously, they look forward to finals and they can get up um, come finals time. So... Not ideal, but I don't think it's going to be the end of the world for Hino and Elton. But, um, mate, that is exactly what Bond needed to do. Well, mate, we spoke last week about in terms of who, which clubs were getting which Reds players back and, and what they needed. And we probably overlooked a bit, mate, the impact that 
uh, Angus Blythe was going to have. I think he was an absolute yeah. enforcer for them. Then the other guy that we probably missed talking about last week was Zane Nongor. Now, you know, I think there's definitely a lot of criticism thrown Zane's way in terms of being a schoolboy that came into the Red squad, having not played a lot of club rugby. But I think he's definitely benefited from his last few months in the Reds bubble. He's learned a lot off the likes of Cameron Lilly crap and the other Reds props around yeah. him. And I know, so Brad Thorne went down and watched this match. Um, you wanted to see how some of these young guys went. And I know he said that Zane absolutely killed it and his impact in that front row or his in inclusion in that front row is definitely a little bit of added depth, mate, that will do bond a lot of favours come come the next few weeks. So they're obviously they're in the minor semi. We'll see what they can um, do v Jeeps. But I know that the Bond guys who I've spoken to in the last few days are all absolutely pumped to have another crack at the Gallopers after what happened back in round oh, 10. Mate. Mate. I cannot... Wait, I am fizzing for this one, Source. I, because that's the thing, like, you know, uh, we, we touched on it last week. You know, Jeeps absolutely decimated Bond, but they were running with, you know, Luke Papworth in the second row and they were playing guys out of position, you know, and they they now have, you know, a bloke who, you know, I guess you could say was unlucky not to be playing Wallabies football at the moment, is now coming back down. He's partnering up with his younger brother who's just mm-hmm. as tall and just as niggly, um, and they've and they've picked up guys like Dylan Rowe and Co. So they're they're almost back to full strength as well as getting Zane Nongor, who's a hundred. Whether or not you're technically profound, if you're 130 kilos plus at scrum time, you're gonna cause some damage. And I think this is just gonna show that Zane Nongor is a good scrummager. Like at that Super Rugby mm. level, look, he's 18. He's 18. Like it's gonna happen. But like mm. at this at this Premier Rugby level, I think he's going to really benefit from um, going toe to toe with you know guys like Freddie Burke and stuff next week and Jethro. So I I am really excited for that. That minor semi for mine is going to be an absolute belter. Agreed, mate. Agreed. Now the Gallopers, mate, in terms of their finish for the season and how they got there. They're going to be loving the Tigers. <laughs> Aren't they, mate? Aren't they? They'd be looking at Tom Olosevich as if he's the second coming of Christ, mate. Bloody hell. I did enjoy um, that big athletic club post. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, the um, yeah, the pack boys certainly know how to get around the Jeeps boys, that's for sure. So, uh, yeah, mate, look, they would be absolutely frothing the fact that um, unfortunately for Rowan Cyflor, he went 0-3 for the day, which is something that and, – and two of them, his final two kicks were both with inside the 15. So I don't know what happened there, but um, I'm kind of frustrated he didn't have those kicking boots on when he was playing the doggies earlier this season and not the ones he had on that day. Um, but, um, yeah, look, how that happened is beyond me, but – Look, Jeeps are playing finals football and they're picking up the Smith twins, Bryce Hegarty, Twainer to Alima on top of two weeks ago. Yeah, and then on top of two weeks ago, finally playing that brand of football that we anticipated they'd be playing all season. So, look, they're experienced. They've been there before. They're getting players back. They're playing good football. They're, They're... just going to absolutely go hell for leather come finals time. Well, mate, I think the sto- underlying storyline of this match is probably the kickers in terms of Rose Cyflo and Eli Pills. I don't think a lot of people probably appreciate that um, these two guys are actually a halves partnership down at Southern Districts in the Shoot Shield before Pillsy yeah. came back to East. And then uh, Rowe uh, followed it up here and, and came to Brothers for an opportunity under Cybe last year. And it was funny, mate, like where I was standing right at that end kick, I was actually in front of Pilsy's family and they're shouting out like, Rowan, we love you, but miss this. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But it was funny, mate, because I can't believe Pilsy is probably, he's probably the form kicker in the comp, I'd say probably here between him and Coyotes. Um, Miss that one, bang smack in front. Yep. Yep. I, I blows my mind, but um, 
yeah, it was it was a cracking one. But obviously, mate, I I love what Rose Eiffel has done at Brothers in terms of what he offers. And obviously, he scored that last try. I'm not sure if there's a 10 mm-hmm. in the game that gets more touches per game than Cyphaloy. Um, he really drives that attack um, and really acts as a great extra link man between uh, the forwards and the other exciting outside backs that they've got, all the playmakers like your Stixies, Lawson Crichton, who I thought was really good in his return as well. But just this kicking under pressure stuff, um, there's been a couple of times where you know, obviously, I thought he'd put it behind him with their kick against West this year, which is excellent. But then there's just been other times where he's come back to to bite him. And you know, I even think about that Brothers UQ game, where I still think Brothers were the better team on the day, but mm. just that random kick after they regained possession in the final minute just gave away possession, and then UQ closed out the game. Um. So, that's footy though, right? So, yeah, it is. Awesome, that's is. footy. Like, mm. As you said, Pilsy and Rowe are two of the best kickers in the comp and then they both had bludges on the weekend because it's just pressure cooker stuff. It happens. It, it's That's just part of the game. Mm-hmm. Right, T.O. Well, mate, obviously that was the outcome of round 11 regular season in the bag. As we mentioned before, we've got East finishing the competition in first place as minor premiers, uh, UQ in second, just behind them narrowly bond ended up finishing in third and Jeeps sneaking thanks to last week's results in fourth space, which makes for some great finals this weekend. And we should mention before that results of last weekend overall between East and brothers, um, we saw two teams actually secure the minor premierships other than other than prem grade. So mighty fifth grade secured the undefeated minor premiership and then the girls as well. So first year of East women's team after a bit of a hiatus. Um, I know that we used to have one back in the day when Shan Parry and Sean Campbell were pulling on the jerseys for Tigers and then they all sort of split and formed Redlands and Sunnybank. So it's been a long time since we've had a women's program. They've come back in. Um, Tyrell Barker's recruited well and they've got the minor premiership so kudos to the girls um, but the points overall we've now got a split decision for the Daddy Shield so Brothers and East will share the Shield for 2020 That's so, right today mm, So I think Brothers are in just about every grand final bar women's and prep grade and mate for East and mate you can probably attest to this mate because I know you like to compare, um, compare uh, East and West as being East being the successful version of West. But uh, we're in every grand final, <laughs> mate, bar Colts won. Massive for the Tigers, mate. Oh, really? Yeah. That's huge, eh? I mean, that's the thing. Like, essentially the Doty Shield is brothers and unis and sometimes Jeeps to lose. Like, they are usually brothers and uni. That's just how it is. That's how... It always has been. That's just how it really is always going to be. So for a club like East, um, that only just a couple of years ago was struggling, struggling, mm. you know, like getting barely any sides playing finals football, if at all, you know, and um, that's absolutely massive, man. I, I, I Congrats to East. That's so huge to be able to – I would have loved if they uh, jagged the uh, standalone Dowdy, but what are you going to do? Well, mate, I think back in like 2017, I'm not even sure if we had any teams playing finals. 2018, we had three grades go through. Last year, I think we had five or six go through um, mm. with third grade going through to a GF and Colts four going through to a GF. Colts four one, third grade loss. And then this year, as I've said, every grade in the semis, bar Colts won with a few teams there in the majors. So... Um, mate, it's it's a been a massive effort from everyone at Tigerland, mate. And uh, you know, for me personally, I'm just ashamed with my bloody dodgy calf and work circumstances that I haven't really been a part of it. But anyway, <laughs> I, I, I can't claim it. Oh, mate, you're a big part of it as anyone else there, saucy boy. You help the boys out more than they know. No, mate. Anyway. You know, getting fifth grade pensions <laughs> on the podcast, mate. It's just the motivation they need. Um, but mate, let's talk these uh, these finals. As we mentioned, the major one, mate. It's going to be East v UQ on Saturday. Now, 
UQ, mate, obviously lost to East earlier in the season at UQ. It's probably the first time I can remember in a long time that they have actually dropped a game against East at UQ. Um, but, mate, this one, I, I'm not really sure how this is going to play out. I definitely think East is going to have the ascendancy at scrum time. But that UQ backline is looking mint, given some of the, the class that had come back, mate. There's attacking weapons everywhere. All four teams have reasons as to why they're going to win. You know, there's no real reasons why they're going to lose. They've all got reasons why they're going to win. You know, Bond are going to play that high tempo footy. Jeeps have experience in their set piece. You know, East have got probably the most balanced side. UQ uh, have been their reigning premiers and they've got plenty of attacking weapons. So this is exciting. I think... I think this game is uh, the, the competition. As I, I still stand by it, is East to lose. Um, so I think they can get the job done against UQ. Like you know, Chips Blanche was saying on the podcast yesterday, thinking you know UQ should get up because you know they're more experienced than Hino and Co. But I, I just you look at what East have. Um, by way of their talent across the board. I think it's going to be a massive breakdown battle. The back rows are going to go hell for leather at each other. Um, so, and then if you look at it, UQ's backs are probably going to cancel out the impact of East forwards. So it's it's a very easy, even battle, but I think the back breakdown battle is going to be absolutely immense. Well, mate, I think you mentioned like Hino there in terms of his experience in finals and just what he brings, mate. And, UQ doesn't know how to win games. I'm not sure what it is, but there's some matches that they just mm-hmm. don't seem to be in whatsoever, and then they end up coming away with the, with the buttock infection, which is it's it's baffling, but it's just something that they're capable of doing. But I think for East, mate, like the last couple of years, you know, there's been hype around them. They've been good size, but they finish the competition in um, third or fourth and then go into that minor semi. And while they beat South the other year and went through to the prelim, only to get dusted by Jeeps. You know, last year they got punished by that UQ side that uh, had your reinforcing to the likes of Harry Hawkins, Tammy McDermott, Jock Campbell mm. um, coming back. But they've done the right thing this year. They've gone to the major. So whatever the outcome, they've got that extra week. But um, I think a massive driving factor, mate, is like, you know, we even saw last week Benny Moen, man of the match for, um, for that clash between... Uh, Eastern brothers, mate. He's still got it, mate. He might be hanging up the boots at the end of the season, but I know for him, we we, we compared this to there's this great story, mate, from when brothers won in 06. Uh, David Croft just finished playing professional footy. Um, he oh, I came back. Think it was, wasn't it? Sorry, mate. 07. Was it 08 or 07, maybe? Yeah. Doggy's the late, 06, mate. The, the late 2000s. Yeah, just say that. Yeah, yeah the late 2000s <laughs> will roll with that. So, yeah, I think it might be 2007 sounds about right. I think 2006 was his last year in, in red. So he's retired. He's gone back to Brothers, played a full season. He was the premier grade player of the season. But uh, Michael Backstrom, who's a long-term servant of, um, of QRU, he's unfortunately had to retire in the last 12 months. But... Um, he was going, they don't lend the hospital cup out to clubs without a security guard, just given the history and the the worth of the trophy and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, the big thing is once the clubs sort of have it in the sheds for a bit and all that sort of stuff, then we've got to get the trophy back. So Backy's running around trying to find this trophy, stressing out. Um, you know, usually everyone sort of leaves and the lights go out on the main field and you exit out the back of Ballymore. Um, he's gone out the front. And Crofty's just sitting on his own in the seats, his arm around the trophy with uh, tin of rum. And I know Backy left him be for a while, and uh, and I know Jim Tucker came down from the press box and ended up sitting with Crofty for a bit. But that just meant so much for him to wrap up his career on that note, winning the Hospital Cup. So I'm not sure if he'd won one before with Brothers, but. In Benny's instance, it's something that his mates love to stick it to him that he's never won a premiership with East. He's played the, the absolute high of the game, <laughs> captain of the Wallabies. You know, he's played in the Super Rugby Grand Finals with the Brumbies. He's obviously 
played over top 14 in France. You know, he's had a good run in the game at a good level, but a hospital challenge cup win for East is something that he wants to achieve. And I just think he's capable of just going to another level and bringing along these Tigers with him um, to, to, to reach that goal. That's it. Him, Aiden Toad, I don't know if uh, Gunny's going to be back. Like, mate, the, the, uh, like Tom Milosevic is just playing unbelievable football. Ben Moen is just bringing that t- team up to another level. So, mate, they, yeah, expect them to just absolutely go nutso come this finals period. Agreed. Agreed. Well, mate, the minor semi, Bond versus GPS. We mentioned this already, mate. Um, just... Uh, how much these Bond guys want to get another crack at the Gallopers, mate. But Elwe, as we mentioned, getting some reinforcements. Uh, while we've been on the phone, mate, I've, I've texted the Smith twins. Um, doesn't seem like JP's going to be playing. I'm not sure where Ruan's at, but um, it doesn't really matter, I don't think, mate, because Jeffro and Fred, mate, did a job on Bond the other week and then you get Jack Straker back uh, to potentially come off the bench, you know. These Gallopers, mate, they're cap- capable of playing. Teddy Teller's a bit of a loss for them. But, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not too sure how this one plays out. Yeah. Yeah, don't... Yeah, we can't discount the fact that even with zero front football, be it from their set piece two weeks ago, Bond still scored three or four tries against them. So... You know, they get some level of parity there at the set piece, and I think they're going to do Jeeps in. Um, not because uh, Jeeps aren't good. I just think Bond just play a brand of footy that is almost uncoachable by way of um, defending. You know what I mean? Like, you see sides, they don't really do anything crazy. They just play with such a high tempo and so much width, and they're some Poor players, fantastic. That it's almost like there's not really anything to coach by way of the defense. They just run you off the bloody park. So I, I'm I'm really backing him on this one. I'm just chuffed they're there after three years of them dogging me. I'm so glad they're finally there. Yeah, mate. I think uh, this is sort of just rewards, mate, for um, you know the club that's definitely shown a lot of great potential uh, over the last few years to to edge in there and what's been a tough year and. It's not just uh, Prem Grey. They've also got Colts 1 and women all in action on Sunday. So another great story there with um, their women's team coming through. Obviously, they've been pretty active in the seven space over the last few years. Had a team in Aon and, you know, they've produced that to to 15s. And Sadu Nasseri, who's been one of the Super W assistant coaches over the last few years, is doing some great things down on the coast. And, you know, it's great to see that there's actually a genuine, you know, a genuine club that can compete at higher honours down there to attract what is um, a massive player base of talent down on the coast. So, yeah. And I think credit where credit is due to Grant Anderson um, as head coach. Ando's been, he's played for the Breakers, he's been in Gold Coast rugby for a long time, doing a lot of stuff behind the scenes, developing youngsters and stuff like that with his rugby academy business and things like that. But he came back to Bond as head coach. Then they brought in Brad Harris and moved Grant to an assistant after what had been a really great year for them. And I'm not 100% sure what they're looking to do there, but Grant came back in, continued working with them. He's continued to build this year, mate. And I think it's just a reward for um, the amount of, of passion and pride that he takes in, in developing Gold Coast footy and, um, you know, Nick Turner's another one, mate, that he's, you know, the battler of the hookers of the competition, mate, but he's someone who's been around since the breakers days putting in and, mate, it's just reward, you know, coming from a Stingray's background, mate, who don't exist anymore and just knowing the challenges that, that you face not having a club with, you know, five, six senior grades and multiple Colts teams and the GPS schools or mm. flooding your, your development coffers. But, um you know, I think it's 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 great to see someone other than our usual four reaching um, the recent finals. And yeah, mate, I, I I hope they do well. Me too, mate. They're my side. I'm I'm picking them. I I just I'd love it. Like if they win, they're going to do it by playing beautiful, brilliant footy. So I am 
I am really backing them home. Mm. I mean, it's insane that, mate. No doubts, um, Elwe and in his uh, crew there, mate, are going to come up with something pretty special as well, mate. Obviously, they've been in the finals for the last few years, mate, and uh, have definitely provided some great challenges. Um, that Brothers Jeeps game for the major semi final last year is still one of the best games of club rugby I've ever watched. And, oh, yeah. You know, Jeep, Jeeps, they've changed this year in terms of their injection of sort of their Fiji and talent and stuff like that, which has changed the way they played a bit. But um, you know, on their day, mate, they're capable of some great rugby. So I think if, you know, they turn up and play well, it's definitely going to be a, a tight tussle between these two teams. Oh, yeah. yeah don't sleep on Fiji, mate. They are red hot. So, mm. uh, look, they're, they're, you know, they, they won it just a couple of years ago and they're absolutely fantastic outfits. So, no, uh, there's no, no, I think you'd have to be a madman to, uh, like vehemently go against Jeeps going into the final. Mm. But um, I, I'm just backing in bond. I really hope they play this high tempo football, get some parity at their set piece and uh, guys like Blythe and Co can help with that. And then they go on to absolutely chop up. So joining me now, I have University of Queensland cropped turn hooker, Josh Nasser. Nass, how are we, mate? Yeah, good, Saucy. How are you? Not too bad. Now, mate, another year, another final series for UQ into the major this time round, so, which is always good. You've got yep. a second draw card of the prelim should results not go your way this week, mate. But um, it's been a great year down at UQ, mate. Obviously, you got to watch on for the first period, but how much have you enjoyed being back these last few weeks? Yeah, mate, it's been awesome. Obviously, 2020 has been a bit of a weird year for rugby and for me especially, not, not playing too much footy. I think I'll probably add a lot to one whole game for the entire year. So, yeah, it's been nice to get down to Clubland and get some good minutes in. And, yeah, as you, as you said, it's been another year and another final series for uni. So, yeah, the boys are pumped for this weekend. <laughs> Fair enough, mate. I can relate to the uh, add-up of minutes, mate. My fifth grade season has not gone to plan. Um, yeah, well, a few, a few injuries. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, old and got bun calves, Old bones. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy your youth while you can, good good man. Yeah, um, I will. <laughs> now, mate, we mentioned prop turn hooker. Obviously, um, you spent a lot of the super tw- super rugby season, mate, um, in the Reds bubble, learning the hooker craft, you know, throwing line outs, how to pack differently scrums because it's completely different to prop. Um, yep. And you come back, mate, and I've got to say, mate, you could definitely see a major difference in that UQ scrum against West two weeks ago when yourself and SJ came on, mate. Um, yep. How are you enjoying that transition, mate? Like, how difficult has that been? Uh, I think scrummaging-wise, the, the principles of tight head can translate pretty smoothly into hookup. But, yeah, I'm, I'm really liking the, the sort of positional aspects of hooker. You can play a little bit wider in the wider channels and sort of use, use your hands a bit more. And, I think just line-out throwing is the one thing that um, I guess is the, the main aspect of the hooking position. That'll, that'll take some bit of time. Um, mm. But, yeah, just got my head down and slowly plugging away, getting better as each day goes on. Very true, mate. Now, um, watching from afar, mate, it's obviously a bit of a different UQ cohort to the last few years, some fresh faces, mate. Um, who's impressed you, mate, um, obviously watching from afar uh, while you're in the Reds bubble and then since being back these last few weeks? Um, yeah, the boys have been actually playing very well. I really, um, I think Will Roach, young Will mm. Roach, he's good terrace, good GT boy. So he's he's been playing seven. I think he's been notching up pretty consistently, 30 or 40 collisions a game and he's, He's just he's just everywhere. So I think he's really impressed. And then there's a few young um, a few young Colties who've gotten sniffs here and there that are that are doing well. Our tight head Alex Saga came up from um, Melbourne. I'm fairly sure, and he's mm-hmm. he's doing quite well. So yeah, I think it's looking promising for Yuki's future with those young, good young players coming through. Now, mate, it's no secret that you guys get a lot of good young guys um, coming through the systems. And, you know, Roach, he's a great example of that. 
Clay Oates has been doing well out wide, mate, um, slotting the conversions and all that sort of stuff or scoring tries. Yeah. But I suppose Connor Vest sort of breaks the mould, mate. He's been an old old head from down in northern suburbs and Sydney has come up. He's obviously added a lot of um, size and grunt to that back five, mate, whether he's playing um, at lock or in the back row, mate. He's definitely added a different element to the to the UQ back row. Yeah, I'm, I met Vesti a couple of weeks ago when I came back and he's a... He's a crazy man. <laughs> the way the way he, the way he plays is exactly the same as he is off the field. He, um, he's a character, and yeah, no, he's he's very good. He runs our line out. Um, obviously, has a bit of experience down in Sydney in the Shoot Shield. I think he played a bit of NRC down there. Um, so yeah, no, he's he's been really really good for our line outs and sort of he's just a he's a crazy man. As I said, <laughs> he's good he's good to have in the team. Now, mate, um, before we talk um, about East, mate, who you'll be versing on, on Saturday afternoon, mate, let's let's throw back to last weekend against Bond. Um, obviously, mate, a 20-point loss. It's probably not ideal heading into the final series, mate, but is, is anyone at UQ particularly phased by that result, mate? Or um, what did you guys sort of take out of that one? No, I think um, it, was probably, it was probably a good week to blow out just those final cobwebs. I think Hino, Hino said the other day that, Premiers, I mean, touch wood, but Premiers um, have gotten flogged in the last round of the regular season for the past four years or something. I think that was the stat. You can you can look into it. I'm sure you'd know better yeah. than I would. But, um, yeah, so, no, we're not we're not phased by it. We've, we've had a great week of training this week and, yeah, full of confidence leading into East. Fair enough. And, mate, you mentioned Hino there, mate. And obviously, this is uh, it's not his first time to the dance, mate. He's... Um... No. It's actually like 10 years since he won his first title back in 2010 against the Stingrays. And yeah. as, a, as a 20-year-old sitting in the stands supporting the Stingrays, I still remember that. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, mate, that obviously, this, mate, it was, mate. There was one time we were, we made the final, mate, and it just did not go to plan. Anyway, oh, I think uh, Big Chipper Hanson came back and played hooker that day, mate. Um, yeah. Back in back in the glory days, but uh, mate, for for Hino, uh, you've obviously played under him, mate, now for a few years, and he's been around UQ for a long time. He's part of the furniture there, mate. But um, there's no better coach to go into a final series at the helm, mate. He's uh, you know he's got the runs on the board, mate. What um, how, how much confidence do you guys get out of having him leading you guys each week? Yeah, he's as you said, he's a um, absolute veteran of the final series. I don't think he's uh, wouldn't have missed one in a while. So he comes across as like, face on. He's pretty pretty cool, calm and collected. But behind the scenes, I know he's, he works hard and he um yeah he makes definitely makes sure he gets us ready and knowledge and um, tactics right for mm-hmm. the weekend. So yeah, we've we've got full confidence in Hino as you'd expect, and Elton for that matter. Um, and all our coaching staff. So, yeah, no, there's there's no lack of confidence, that's for sure. There's some good ones down there, mate. Not to mention you got former British and Irish line and Tom Court and yeah, um, Crapper, Tom. Cameron Lily Crap helping you out with scrum time, yeah. mate. So plenty of uh, assistance Dan, behind the scenes. Yeah, Dan Heenan also running our line out. So there's, there's everyone in there. It's good. Specialist coaches galore, mate. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, mate, let's let's talk. Let's throw it to East, mate. Obviously, the Tigers have had solid year. Um, just pictures for the minor premiership last week. Results could have gone either way there. Um, yeah. But mate, obviously, you know, for you coming into this as hooker, mate, you've seen the the East scrum. Um, former Aussie under twenties teammate and Reese Van Ecker, tight head, Richie Asiata, who you would have, yeah, you would train with the Reds as well, a hooker. And big uh, Georgie Francis at Loosehead, mate. Um, you know, this front row battle come this weekend, mate, it's going to be a big one and it'll obviously probably go a long way into determining the outcome of this clash. Yeah. It, um, yeah, it's a, it certainly is. Re, big Reese and um, Georgie, they've, yeah, they've been, they have been doing really well, but I think it's, it's, uh, it's more of a exciting opportunity for us. I think that's, that's how we're taking it. We're, it's a good challenge to come up, come up against a good scrum like them, and I guess it'll, um, as I say, it'll separate the boys from the men on the day. So, 
um, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're obviously, obviously focusing on that aspect of the game, but I mean, you can't, you can't throw all your eggs into one basket. You got to um, focus on the other areas of the game, but yeah, certainly that's one, that's one aspect that we'll be wanting to lock down on Saturday. And what else are you expecting from East overall, mate? Obviously, there's a lot can be spoken about on the scrub, mate, but they've got plenty of other aspects to the game that, um, that are, you know, potential, you know, sort of danger points for you guys as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they've... I think their entire forward pack's pretty threatening. They've got plenty of um, on-ballers, so they'll be hard on the breakdown and in Ben Mullen and um, they got Seru back now. So, and then... I mean, they don't lose anything in the backs. Um, Aiden Toa at fullback steering the ship. So yeah, they're pretty they're pretty threatening all over the park. So we'll have to be we'll definitely have to be on our game. Mm. Now, mate, while well, you came back to UQ two weeks ago, we saw Jock slot back in last week, mate. Obviously, he's had a great year at Super Rugby level. Um, it's a really dangerous back three for you guys, mate, with, with Jockley as well as, uh, you know, the next, the next cab off the rank in terms of Mac really, mate. Um, yeah. How much do, uh, I suppose, how much do sort of those outside backs for you guys sort of factor into that, into your game plan? Because you've got plenty of threats throughout the back line, but obviously plenty of spaces out wide. Yeah, well, Jock and Mac are both very classy players. Jock coming back from super. Um, as everyone knows, but yeah, they're they're vital parts of our team. And they they'll um they'll be steering the ship on Saturday, slotting in where they can. But yeah, when it, it's it's crazy, they're just those two players are just those players that whenever they get the ball, you just wait for something to happen. So it's they they're good to be bringing support lines behind us for sure. Very true. Um, yeah, mate, I know. It's been said a lot of times, but no red heavy, sorry, not red heavy, no side in Premier Rugby at all has gone back-to-back since uh, yeah. Canberra and the competition back in the early 2000s, mate. Has has that sort of been spoken about much this week in terms of what you guys sort of want to look to achieve as, as reigning Premiers? Um, oh, I think it would be in the back of everyone's mind to win a Premiership, probably. I mean, it is a little bit of extra motivation, but... Uh, as they say, just got to take it one week at a time and um, plug away because this this week especially is pretty vital. If you get the win, you get that extra rest week, which is, is has proven to be pretty huge leading into the grand finals. So, nah, I, I think it's it is in the back of the boys' minds. I think, but um, not something we're mm. sort of focusing on too much just yet. Very true, mate. We should touch on obviously. Um... Last year, you guys just snuck into the top four. A lot of people said you, you weren't yeah. going to play finals footy given the start to the season that you guys had. And then you had that incredible run through the back end to go from the bottom half of the ladder through to the top yeah. four. Um, and obviously came through from fourth in the ladder to win it. In terms of the approach to semi-final weekend now, mate, is can you sense a bit of a different feel within the squad? Um, this time around, coming in in that second spot, the major semi, mate, it's definitely a different lead-in. Yeah, definitely. Last year was, as you said, I think I think we were almost scraping the barrel halfway through the season or whatever, and then um, won quite a few on the trot. And then we got, got smoked in the last round by Jeeps, um, which was a bit of a wake-up call, I think. So, yeah. I know. I think we're we're probably at similar at a similar mindset at the moment, where we got that wake up call last weekend, and um, yeah, we've had a we've had a great week of training this week. So I think I think it'll be a pretty similar approach. Fair enough, mate. Well, before I let you go, should I ask, mate, have you seen that minor semi? You got Bond, who you guys went down to last week against um, yeah. GPS with um, a few Reds boys coming back for the Galpers as well, mate. How do you see the uh, the minor semi playing out on Sunday, mate? I think it will be a good game. Um, Jeeps and Bond, they versed each other week before last. I'm, I'm pretty sure and Jeeps got up. But yeah, the way the way Bond played last last week, they're they're pretty threatening all over the park. So I would I would like to see Bond get up. However, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Jeeps. 
Fair enough, mate. All good. Well, Nas, thanks very much for joining us tonight. Uh, any other week, I'd wish you luck, mate, but you're going up against the Tigers, mate. So uh, <laughs> I'll uh, I'll hope for a good game. Yeah. Pleasure, Sauce. <laughs> all good, mate. Thanks very much for that, mate. Joining me now to talk all things minor semi-final, I've got the man behind Truy, the clothing company started by the likes of Namani Nadolu, Samu Karevi, the Teller Boys. It's the man himself, Paul Brown. Oh, yeah, he's also a GPS assistant coach. I should mention that. Uh, Paulie, how are we, Ben? Well, good source with an intro like that. How how can I not be, eh? It's, um, it's good to get the, the call up, mate, and, and chat some footy with you. So thanks for the invite and the opportunity. Well, that's all right, mate. I had to give Chewy a bit of a plug, you know. Check out their website, you know, all those <laughs> those marketing shots uh, taken by yours truly. So, you know, you know well, what's flashed. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're the silent partner in this all source. That, you know, everybody uh, looks at the shots, but uh, you're the man behind the lens. Oh, you know, Samu, mate, he's uh, he was he's a model born in a rugby player's body, mate, so it's easy. Oh, mate. Mate, don't get that bloke started, mate. He doesn't need much uh, of an invitation to get on the old uh, the model bandwagon. It's just lucky you have Photoshop to make that bloke look good. Very true, very true. <laughs> All right, well, mate, let's let's talk footy. Mate, did you or Elwee last week get a wink of sleep on Friday night, mate, as you waited for Saturday to roll around? <laughs> mate, interesting story. So um, Saturday, I kind of made the, the call early. I wasn't going to watch any games. Like, why would I put myself through that? Um, you know, the, and after seeing the results, oh, man, I'm glad I didn't watch any of that footy. Um, you know, <laughs> was pretty confident that we would, um, you know, whatever happened was was going to happen. And, and I think um, poor Alv couldn't help himself and, and was checking scores from time to time. But um, we got in by pretty much the skin of our nose so <laughs> happy to be there but geez I wouldn't want to watch those games for those 80 minutes last weekend that's for sure oh mate everyone at Jeeps mate you guys love the Tigers now <laughs> one big family out of uh, the Tigerland so um, I wasn't too sure whether I should um, message Mudge to say thanks or not but um, you know got a few kilos of carver for him anyway next time I see him well, mate, Michael Atkinson over at Channel 9, obviously uh, a GPS stalwart. Uh, he messaged me later that afternoon and just said, I actually love the Tigers. <laughs> mate, I think there's a fair few on that bandwagon, and um, especially the way it all unfolded. Um, Brennan Gabbett, um, our other assistant coach, was actually at the game. And I reckon he almost had about eight heart attacks and about two strokes just watching me. And um, that game unfolded, especially how tight it was. Um, so <laughs> I'm glad I wasn't there. No, very true, mate. Well, you threw to the the finals, mate. Obviously, it's been a bit of a funny old year for you guys. You started off really strong, but a couple of random losses have obviously mean that you, you didn't finish in the top two. Where I think early on in the season, a lot of guys probably would have predicted you to finish up in that top two. Um, yep. But obviously, you get a few reinforcements back for finals with a few Reds boys, mate. Um, and you've had a two-week lead-in now too. Uh, how, how's the mood and care, mate? How's everyone sort of shape it up for the weekend? The boys are obviously excited and probably the first one was relief that we got the opportunity to play this weekend. And, um, and you're right, Source, um, we started off like a house on fire and then um, kind of as soon as we got into a few of the rounds, we kind of stumbled a little bit and, and now trying to find our way back and, and really felt as we're heading into... Um, kind of that back end of the season where we played Bond and and um, got back to some good form. And like you said, with some reinforcements back from from the Reds, it just kind of adds a little bit more of that composure to to this team. And, and I think that's um, the one thing I take out of it. A lot of these guys have been there before and done that. Um, they've been and played in big matches, played in, um, in finals. And, and so for them, uh, this week, the way we're prepared has been no different. Try to keep things as normal as possible. Yeah, mate. In terms of who you, who you guys have got back from the Reds, obviously, you, um, in terms of front row stocks, you get Jack Straker back. You had Jeff Rowe sort of come back out of the bubble and help you guys in those last few rounds. Big Twainer to a Lima um, to sort of shore up um, whether he's playing in lock or back row. Um, 
And mate, who else are you expecting? You got a few other Gallopers guys who are in and around the red squad, mate, who uh, who should come back into the lineup for well. Yeah, so um, obviously having the services of um, Junior Russellia uh, back definitely adds some some strength there in the back line, um, and then also Bryce. So you know, pretty pretty composed footballer, a lot of experience, been around for a long time. So <clears throat> having him back in the fold just definitely helps um, the other guys in the team, and it takes a little bit of pressure off. Uh, off our game callers, so and obviously Scotty um, mm-hmm. is in there as well. And mate, um, yeah, it's probably safe to say, mate, Teddy Teller was one of your guys' best in that sort of first half of the season, mate. Unfortunately, he's had a bit of an injury, mate. Um, how big of a loss is uh, is Teddy, mate, um, as one of the more experienced heads within that back line? Can't replace Teddy Teller um, uh, from a playing perspective, and and just as a person, mate, like what he brings to us as a team is is a lot of confidence and. A lot of that's through his communication and his, and his, I guess how composed he is. He's, you know, he's international footballer, represented Fiji, and and I guess for me, man, I just felt sad for the bloke because you know, had he not had that injury, good chances are he'd probably be in that squad on the end of year tour um, to, to to Europe with um, with the flying Fijians. But it wasn't meant to be, and and he's been really good about it, man. He's always been um, hanging around the group, um, even though he's had his injury and. Um, He's been on the liquid diet now, so I think he's um, trying to get that eight pack back again, and, which <laughs> I kind of hope he doesn't because he's the kind of bloke, as soon as he gets it, he'll have no shirt on anyway. Human <laughs> <laughs> make it together, bye, bye, mate. Bye. <laughs> um, mate. It's no secret that um, at the start of the season, uh, Jeep sort of absorbed a lot of what was the core of the south side from the last few years with the likes of the Bellega coming over, Alex Casey, who you'd never thought would leave south. We mentioned Teddy there, um, as well as a few other guys who've been playing reserve grade, big Sunia, um, and yourself included, mate, as an assistant coach. Um, how do you feel, mate, that 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 crew of South guys that have come over and joined Jeeps, how do you feel sort of the meshing of those guys has sort of gone throughout the year with sort of two sides, with, well, not to say two sides, two groups who sort of probably come from contrasting styles of play now together in yep. the one side? Well, in one sense, you're almost, it's almost a perfect marriage, isn't it? Like, you know, some pretty dynamic backs with a very um, hardworking, you know, and, and pretty dynamic um, forward pack as well. But in a lot of sense, it was... It was almost like a homecoming for for a few of the guys. So a lot of the boys started there. Um, obviously, apart from Mbele and Casey, but the likes of Smitty, um, myself, um, you know, that's where we we first played footy. So it was it was it was kind of good to kind of return home and see a lot of the familiar faces. And um, but I think it's it's taken time, and and the fact that it's almost been kind of a sprint uh, with the season is kind of um, Forced that you know gelling process to come on a lot quicker. Uh, and saying that though, I think all clubs had a bit of an extended preseason, which helped as well. Um, the longest one on the on the record, longest books. one on record, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> so that, that definitely helped. And and I think the fact that a lot of the boys hang out um, uh, a good mates off the field anyway, generally um, helped with that connection. Um, and, and playing together, and I think that was uh, a large part of the reason as well. So. So boys um, just really wanted to in, enjoy their footy um, and play with their mates. Um, and not saying they wouldn't have enjoyed it if they stayed, but I think it was a, a large part of the reason why they wanted to um, kind of stick together in, in a lot of senses. Mm. Um, now, mate, obviously you're playing Bond this weekend. They were the team you played in round 10, the last team. And you saw, we saw the way they responded on the weekend against UQ to earn their spot um, in the top four. And I know, having spoken to um, their coach, Grant Anderson, a few of the other players, they're really keen to have another crack at you guys. I don't think they feel like they played their best footy that day. Um, yep. What are you guys expecting from this bull shark side, mate? They're definitely uh, a different beast this year in 2020. Yeah, and mate, I definitely have to congratulate them for for where they've come. And they've always been knocking on the door and... And um, this year they get to the opportunity to open that door and walk through it. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm genuinely excited to play them because they're in, they're an exciting team. Uh, they're very quick. Um, you know, they use the ball 
and they're really good on that counterattack. So it's, it's a good brand of footy that people um, like to watch. And when you get it right, you, you definitely like to play it. So I expect them to to do the same thing, offer the same threats. Um, and and for us, it's just about rising to to the occasion. And, and for them, it will be you know it's their first time on that stage, um, finals footy. So um, yeah, it'll be it'll be good to see how they take that opportunity. But for us, it's about um, making sure we mitigate, I guess, a lot of their threats by concentrating on what we do well. And um, that'll be the key this weekend. But um, yeah, it'll be, it's always it's always good to to have another crack. And if you look at them, they're they're, they're the only team that's. Uh, that they've been in both UQ and um, East in, a, in their top four. So definitely a team full of confidence and they have every right to be. So definitely looking forward to that challenge this weekend. Man, I know a lot of people are looking forward to this match because I think uh, you guys obviously won't take the match lightly. Um, and Bond, as we mentioned, are looking forward to another crack. So, um, yeah, I think Sunday is definitely going to be an absolute uh, barn burner to steal a term from um, a good pal, Jay Ball. <laughs> um, of, an, of a match so definitely looking forward to that one um, but mate yeah. this is I suppose the first time in a few years that the Jeeps have come into the final series uh, in the minor semi-final I think the last time they came to a final series in the minor semi was maybe 2014 when Samu was still still running around yeah. I can't remember if you were there that year or not no yeah I was so I that was <laughs> Yeah, there, there, there was the year. So it's been a, been a long time through drinks. And obviously, they've had a lot of uh, sustained success, you know, mm. post that in terms of finishing in the top two. So definitely is um, the unfamiliar territory uh, for the group. But in saying that, for this group, this is all they know, right? Well, this is this will be the opportunity for, for a lot of the guys um, to play some some finals footy. And it's, it's almost like a reset of a season, you know, you, you work hard just to get into that into that top two if you can, but if not, it's the top four, and then you just start the season again. You know, the only thing that matters is the next eighty minutes, and then if you're fortunate enough to go through, you deal with that after afterwards. Very true. Now, mate, before I let you go, we got to say obviously um, the major semis on Saturday before um, Sunday. We got UQ playing Easts, uh, mate. Who? How do you see this match playing out? Uh, obviously, two sides that. Uh, very sort of evenly matched um, on the ladder, mate, but um, probably contrasting in terms of the fact that East probably head into the clash with stronger forward pack, whereas those UQ backs, mate, they're probably the envy of a lot of other clubs around the competition, mate. How do you see this one playing out? Real interesting one. Look, I look at, at UQ and what they've done and, you know, they've done, they've had some some great success over the last, you know, decade and, and you look at, um, you know, don't have to look too far then, you know, um, Hino there at the at the at the helm, just steering the ship, almost like is Craig Bellamy and, and they're the storm. So, so you know, there I, well, you know, East deserve to be minor pre- premiers. I, I wouldn't be surprised if um if Mick was able to to get UQ up again. Uh, they tend to to rise when when the pressure comes, and they seem to be made for those pressure situations. But um, you know, when you look at East with a guy like Ben Moen, um, you know, you got um Asiata back in. And you've got Big Seru and obviously Aiden Toa at the back. So there's no lack of experience there as well. So but oh, I might um, might lean towards UQ just because of mixability to get the team up in, in those big occasions. But whoever gets the week off will definitely earn it, I reckon. <laughs> Very true, mate. I think it's definitely going to be a hard-fought clash, mate. But um, I think you're definitely right, mate. You can't go past Heenan's final experience. I was just speaking to Josh Nassib before I spoke to you and I said it was 10 years ago that he won his first title with UQ and then 2010. And unfortunately, at that point, you know, I was a Stingrays man and I was sitting <laughs> in the stands very disappointed then. Now, the one and only final of the Stingrays appearance. So, yeah. Heenan's been breaking yeah. my heart for a long time. Mate. <laughs> it's funny, I um, spoke to Scotty Gale a, a while ago now and he He's saying that obviously he's been playing on the mic for, for a very long time, and he said some of the new boys kind of didn't really know how to take him because he's kind of cracking jokes now. Like I don't know if he's going all Wayne Bennett and cracking some jokes here and there, and the other guys don't know really know how to take him. So uh, it's good to see it's um, he's enjoying it as well. Very true. All right, boy. Well, thanks very much for joining us, mate. And um, mate, looking forward to Sunday's clash against Bond. As we mentioned, it's going to be a barn burner, mate. And no doubt, a great display of um, all things good about Premier Rugby, mate. It's uh, 
yeah, definitely looking forward to this one, mate. I think we've definitely got the four best sides of the comp in the, in the finals and we're in for a great weekend of footy. No, mate, looking forward to it. Thanks, Source. Anytime, mate. Um, looking forward to get out there on the weekend and and seeing what the boys can do. And hopefully we uh, live to fight another week. All right, Jay. We're obviously, mate, we've heard from a few voices there from Clubland ahead of the finals, mate. Um, definitely an exciting weekend ahead, mate. And um, no doubt, mate, we'll uh, see you out there, mate. Um, super excited. But before you actually reach Ballymore, mate, Mighty West third grade, you guys are playing in, uh, in a final down at the bank. Yeah, mate. Major semi up against the Brethren. We were 16 points off bag in the minor premiership, but say la vie. I won't be playing. I'm, I've been um, scratched out this week, unfortunately, but I reckon the, I'm very confident the boys can get the job done. So we're looking at potentially a miraculous grand final return for the mighty J-Ball? 100% and I'll kick the match when he goal. Drop goal. Just like virtual hospital challenge cap all over again, mate. That's it, mate. That's it. <laughs> Not so virtual, bro. All legit. <laughs> all good, mate. Well, folks, remember, tickets for the semifinals and all the other grand final weekends, they're available online. Head to the QLD.rugby website for information. Due to COVID restrictions, we can't sell at the gate. We will have posters up with QR code so you can scan your, your phones and all that sort of stuff and do it as you walk in. But save the time. Jump online. Purchase your tickets ahead of the event and we will see you at Ballymore in the coming days.